Hello and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 84, and on this week's show, we're going to be discussing the new film from Brandon Cronenberg, Spawn of David Cronenberg, and his uh, new film, Possessor. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. Uh, let me welcome my co-host before we get started. Travis, how's it going, ma'am? Oh, pretty good. And Tom, what's up, my dude? What is up? So, most importantly, uh, before we get into anything else, uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. Any Anybody looking to pull the trigger? Has anyone pulled the trigger? Where, where are we at here? I'm in a uh, no. <clears throat> domestic dispute at the moment. <clears throat> I'm uh, still trying to find a lawyer uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> with whom I can... I can uh, weasel my way into one of those. Tom, I, I have a, a TikTok that was made for you that I'm uh, <laughs> going to send your way right now. <laughs> you can watch it uh, on the break when we uh, pause for the clip. So report back. I, I don't want to portray <clears throat> Sarah as the uh, the typical, you know, female spouse who who has to approve things like this. But uh, we did move into an old house that has a lot of expensive projects <laughs> that need to get done. So uh, a five hundred dollar expense is um, oh, always going to be on on the discussion table. That's a what's drop in the bucket, bucks? dude. Yeah, dude. It's twenty twenty. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. I hear you guys. What about you, Travis? No, not uh, interested. Sticking with the one X for a bit. No, I'm interested, but um, in no rush per se. No rush. Fair. I I'll probably get one within the next year or so. I just don't really care to like you know, refresh Walmart's page or like go to any oh, yeah. store or, or wait in line, any of that kind of crap. When it's readily available, I will pop. I literally have seven browser tabs open on my phone right now. <laughs> we got Walmart, Best Buy, Target, Sony, Amazon. Uh, I came v- close with Walmart because I don't know if you, it sounds like you guys haven't really been following too much, but Walmart on launch day was doing like every three hours they were putting mm-hmm. some up. So I saw something about that. Yeah. They starting three, at noon. Right? Three so restocks. four. So it was 12. Oh wait. Yeah. 12, three, six and nine. And literally I was there trying to get one at each juncture and fucking the last time I did it, I got all the way to the part where I put in my address and I was going to put in my like credit card information and it crashed, and when I refreshed, out of stock. Oh, Literally every time I would get yeah, stuck. Bamboozled. Yep. So now I'm just, uh, I'm desperate. I don't even need one. I just want one so bad. Wow. Well, I got to play that new Spidey game. It'll <laughs> be there, I guess. I need. I am Team now. Xbox for uh, for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. So the uh, the crazy purchase <laughs> that. Um, Sarah and I have been talking about is brace yourselves a Peloton barf. That's like three thousand dollars. <laughs> it's it's like eighteen hundred plus oh a God. subscription fee of like forty dollars a month. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of money. Forty a month. <clears throat> yeah, I know it's yeah, ridiculous. Well, that's how you get all the live classes, and they have like <laughs> they have the cycling classes. They also have like bar classes and you know strength training classes. I don't know if you, I don't think you need weights for it. So. It's probably just push-ups, <laughs> but still, uh, we're just like, how long are we going to be in this fucking quarantine? Another, you know, six months at least, a year. So it's hard enough to get out and exercise with a baby, but doing it on quarantine too is uh, quite the quite the proposition. Anyway, yeah. haven't pulled the trigger yet. They do have a monthly payment option, mm-hmm. but uh, of course they do. Of course they do. Zero percent APR. <laughs> you could just do what I do and just not exercise. Yeah. Like ever. I could do that. I mean, that's pretty much what I have been doing, Matt. <laughs> but I don't think I like it. You got to work on that dad bod, dude. You're a dad now. You got to rep. I have I have a dad bod. I have like a, you know, skinny man's dad bod. That's not dad bod. Uh, well, I mean... I'm never going to – I don't think I'm ever going to get the uh, – I would have to work to get the traditional dad bod. 
So you're outing yourself as a poser dad? Uh, wow. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> no, that's fair. I wish I, I wish I had your metabolism or whatever the fuck you're doing to have to work to get fat. I don't know. Like, what does Steve Buscemi look like when he gains weight? Probably like what I would look like. Just like a little. <laughs> I don't think a little little belly. Weight. Just a little belly, you know. Like you know, like three months pregnant or something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Cool. Um, all right. Well, what else has been going on? Anything else you guys want to mention before we start talking movies? I mean, there was a whole whole election. We don't really need to get into that on the show, but thank God that's mostly over. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was brutal um, there for a bit. Oh, well, I got some good news on the house. Ooh. Uh, I've had many a tradesman coming in and out to mm-hmm. investigate problems. Um, and, uh, looks like I'm gonna have to replace one of my showers, but the good news is the water seeping into the basement is not a threat to my foundation and I can ignore it for a long time. Um, and I haven't heard any squirrels in my ceiling for like probably close to two weeks. So I think they might be out of there. Nice. Or they died up there. They might've died up there. I don't know. I don't think they died up there. I think I'd smell them by now. By now. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, anyway, feel like that's some good news that is good news i finally got a couch for the media room so Hell i yeah, should be dude. watching uh more movies now dude i got one of those like six piece sectionals that uh, basically make just like a giant rectangle bed yep yeah it is a dream wait you mean okay so when you say rectangle bed do you mean it's got like two corners and it goes around the room like a u or do you mean you have one of those beds that uh it's that like a you Tiger King had. <laughs> it's not a fully enclosed thing. I don't. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's basically like a U-shaped sectional with an ottoman in the middle to like. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah, there's, yeah. There's no gap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, but man, luxury. you can get lost in that thing. Where'd you get it from? Costco. Nice. Living the dream, dude. Oh yeah, just balling out over here. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I spent. $250 on a shitty Wayfair couch in my office room. So <laughs> not hey, uh, not the comfiest setup. No? Is it pretty uh, pretty firm? Yeah, it's pretty firm. And we don't have like a coffee table or an ottoman I can like put my feet up on. So mm. it's just, you know, for extended viewing, uh, it's not ideal. Like I wouldn't want to watch fucking Lord of the Rings extended cut on this couch, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd probably have to go to the hospital because my back seizes up after like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so that's no good. Um, well, cool. Sounds like things are going well. Anything else? Nah. Nah. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get ready for this review here. We're going to be talking Possessor. Uh, I've got a clip. Let's go ahead and listen in. Consider the face of Colin Tate. Father deceased, mother estranged, no siblings. Deals cocaine for a few years, then falls in love and becomes engaged to one of his rich clients, Ava Pars. She's the daughter of John Parr, CEO of Zuthro. Zuthro? Data mining. Largest operation outside the US. Head office is local. But our deal is with Reed Pars, John's stepson. All right, Possessor is the new film from Brandon Cronenberg, written and directed by him. Film stars Andrea Riseborough, Christopher Abbott, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Plot synopsis reads, Possessor follows an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, ultimately driving them to commit assassinations for high-paying clients. Uh, real quick before we get into the review, uh, we do need to mention that uh, we did not all watch the same version of this film. Uh, Tom, I haven't asked you yet. Wh- where did you watch this thing? Prime. Okay. So me Set too. Up, Wait, what? You oh. were able to rent the uncut version on Prime? Yeah, it said uncut. That's the only one that came up for me. What the fuck? Not when I did it. When did you watch? Cut? It just said pos- it just said possessor. It didn't specify uncut 
when I uh, rented it. Well, Did you get the wrong link, Matt. I just searched Possessor on Amazon. It was the only one that came up. Mine definitely had a lot of nudity, so uh, I'm pretty sure I watched the uncut version. I don't think mine had that much. See, I don't I even mean, there see an option. Ton, but... Okay, not a lot, but the type of nudity that there was was, uh, you know, not what the you pain? see every day. <clears throat> and the vagine. The pain and the vagine. I see. I don't think I saw any peen or vagine. I'm I'm on Amazon right now, and I don't. Looks like there's. Is there two, or are they the same ones? I don't see one that says uncut. You talking about the sponsored link? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just says possessor on it. I don't know. Tom, did it have a little like disclaimer at the start saying it was the uncut version? And it is not. I cut don't remember this viewing. Um, I kind of remember that. Maybe it is the uncut version. Huh. Well, Matt, it's on my voodoo for the next uh, 35 hours or so if you want to check. <laughs> get an uncut Maybe, watch in. Well, I don't know because now I'm in Prime and it just says Possessor. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't really remember now if it said Possessor. What a debacle. Uncut. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, anyway, so there may be a slight discrepancy in uh, the content that we uh, were exposed to, but uh, Possessor. So been hyped for this one for most of the year, uh, ever since that first uh, first image dropped, the one that's been in all the marketing. Uh, been pretty hyped on this. Trailers made it look good. Hasn't been much to watch this year in the first place, so looking forward to it going in. Uh, who wants to go first on this one? I can go first. Let's hear it, Tom. Um, <clears throat> I liked the movie. I thought it was clearly like well made. Like I think Brandon Cronenberg is talented. I think the story was um, interesting. It was actually pretty simple. Just um, uh, I don't know. They they don't just present it to you all at once. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you look back at the movie at the end, you're like, okay, that was pretty simple. Um, yeah, I just didn't really – it is missing something. It didn't really hit home for me. I don't know if it's because I wasn't, like, um, invested in a certain way or it wasn't fully fleshed out or or something. But to me, it just felt like more like it was intended to disturb me, <laughs> which mm-hmm. it did uh, effectively. But beyond that, um, I don't know. It was just missing a little bit of meat. Sure. I uh... – I would mostly agree. I I liked it a lot. Um, But the one thing that kind of held it back for me was that it just felt a little undercooked in the story department. Like, I just wish there was a little bit more context and and world building that had occurred. Because, like you said, it's a pretty simple story. But it's a really cool concept. Like, I thought it was executed very well. It just... I just it wanted a little feel. more. It goes for feel above content. For sure. But I mean, there's... So, uh, we're, I don't want to get into any spoilers, but there's... Uh, early on, there's a character who whose job is to, like, document curtains in people's homes and, like, mm-hmm. those people just start fucking and it's like... Mm-hmm. It's, a, it, it's nothing in the overall context of the film. Like, that vision of the future of like constant supervision and corporations having access to your home and being able to document like like Mm -hmm. the notion of a fucking curtain company having the ability to like see what kind of curtains you own and presumably like send you targeted marketing or I mean who knows what they're using that data for but that's a really cool world building tidbit and it's one of the few in the movie, you know, like I wanted more of that kind of stuff because the shadowy organization, like we don't really know anything about it other than the concept of like, you know, possessing another individual's body and using them to assassinate people like who are the clients why are like are these important people? It doesn't seem like they're that important. The ones who are being targeted, you know, like just that. That's the only thing for me that really kind of holds it back. Was a little. I wanted a little bit more in that regard. 
Yeah, I would agree with both of you guys where, I mean, typically I don't really care about plot so much, but it did feel like some of the story was lacking a bit. I mean, it is also a very cold movie, so Mm -hmm. it was kind of hard to get invested in just the characters that are in it. Um, But just like the the tone, the the look of it, um, I liked all of that. Uh, I thought the score was really good. And it reminded me of a ton of different movies, but still felt like a unique vision. Um, it kind of reminded me of High Life, just like the the vibe. Mm. I could see but that. Yeah. It was it was missing a fuck box. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta have the fuck box. I um. <clears throat> I like the performances a lot. I don't know about you guys, but I thought Christopher Abbott was excellent. He's great. Like, I haven't seen him in much, but it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it in what we've been watching. But the, the movie I watched after Possessor was Piercing, and he's in that movie. And I, like, didn't know that going into it. So I saw back-to-back Christopher Abbott movies. And there's some other similarities between those two films that I found interesting especially because it just kind of happened by coincidence but uh he's someone that is kind of on my radar now i thought he was excellent yeah is he in it comes at night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that's right I, and he's in girls obviously that's probably what most people know him from yeah which yeah. i haven't seen but i knew that's kind of what he he's kind of put him on the map in girls is he a pretty minor character in that show or he's just kind he's, of a he's boring a character he's oh, not in every okay. season he's just one of the girls boyfriends for a while Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the performances were good too. At first, I didn't like Jennifer Jason Lee. I thought her character was weird, but then the way that her character plays out and some of the decisions that she makes later in the end, um, I thought made her uh, pretty creepy and mm-hmm. convincing. She played um, a similar role in Annihilation. Feels mm-hmm. like. Yeah, same she did, kind of actually. character, kind of authority figure, you know, kind of, kind of holding back, uh, you know, information from other characters in the film. I Jennifer Jason Lee is a weird one for me because she's in so many incredible movies, but anytime I'm watching her, I can't decide if I think she's a good actress or a bad actress. Literally every time I see her, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about her. I don't know if it's I think her, it's her voice, mouth. or yeah, I don't know if it's just the way Something she acts. Something about her mouth. And she's just she's strange, mm-hmm. and maybe that's kind of why maybe she's that's had. why she keeps getting these parts. Yeah, <laughs> totally. They're like this woman is unsettling. I don't know what it is about her. <laughs> well, and uh, Andrea Riseborough's interesting because she's kind of she's an actress that like you've seen in a bunch of movies, but she kind of blends into every role she's in like she's kind of a chameleon in that way you know like you don't recognize her as her when you're watching her act if that makes sense I could not place her until I looked up afterward and saw that she was in Mandy and then I was like oh Mm -hmm. okay yeah the creepy lady in Mandy sure right (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's interesting that she's cast in this movie because the whole thing is that she's kind of never like you never really get a feel for who she is like she kind of has to there's scenes of her like basically pep talking herself and preparing for like a normal human conversation you know which I think that's what I like most about the movie is that kind of exploration of like you spend all this time inhabiting other people's bodies and you start to lose track of who you are as an individual and it kind of calls into question like the whole notion of individuality as a whole you know what I mean because she's she has to like prepare herself to be just her you know what I mean like I I liked those scenes mostly happens early on um like when she's going to she's going home to be with her husband or whatever, right? And she's like standing outside, like rehearsing the conversation. I like those. Well, yeah, moments. it's like she rehearses she rehearses her personal life in the same way that she rehearses her her future um, victims, <laughs> right? Because she's like researching before she actually yeah. goes in. Um, 
it kind of reminds me. I mean, I know he's Brandon Cronenberg is Dave and Cronenberg's son, but it, it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Existence was the big one I got like from Cronenberg's Oove because it's kind of like a you know sci-fi body horror film mm-hmm. with a like just kind of weird like a, a neat technological spin. So that was the one that most immediately came to mind. But I think it was Travis who said there's like. It's like a mishmash of a bunch of other movies, but I I did think it felt unique. Like I didn't think it came across as derivative. Yeah, I, would I think agree I've with that. only seen The Fly. Like really, Cronenberg's? Yeah. You had to have seen like a History of Violence or Eastern Promises. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen those. I didn't realize that was Cronenberg. Yeah, that's like uh, those are Cronenberg movies, but I don't really think of them as Cronenberg no, movies. I like anybody ever talks about those. They're really good, but he kind of he kind of moved away from body horror and like starting around like with a history of violence kind of moved into like heavy dramas and like historical fiction type stuff. I don't know. He's he's been up to some he's been kind of a mixed bag in the post 2000s, but um yeah, his early stuff just, you know, body horror, just just makes you feel icky so it's interesting that that is what brandon's going for like you would think you look at someone like sofia coppola right who is like not really at all (laughs) like taking inspiration from her father or uncle whatever francis is to her you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you usually in these situations see a, you know, a, a sibling or not a sibling, a son or daughter of a renowned director, like kind of going in the opposite direction of their parent to try and like pave their own way, you know? Uh, but so far anyway, it doesn't really seem like Brandon's doing that. I mean, I haven't seen antiviral, but that's got early Cronenberg, that David Cronenberg all over it. Yeah. I watched the trailer for that. Like a while back, and I was like, I don't know. That looks a bit too extreme. <laughs> extreme. <laughs> I got to watch that, dude. Um, okay, so we're still unclear on if we watched the uncut version, but I what we're... Yeah, okay, so you know for sure you did, but um, I think the scene that made me the most uncomfortable was really early on. Like the stabbing scene, I guess mm. I'll say. Oh, it's brutal. That was pretty gross. That was tough to watch. I, the I, whole movie. I, I was. I was. Uh, on <laughs> those edge. scenes are hard for me, man. I was uh, not, <laughs> not writing through them easily. It's, Tom's going soft on us. I'm going soft, man. <laughs> Even the very opening scene. Um, you know, you'll you'll probably remember. I don't want to spoil it, but I was just like, oh, what this happened. <laughs> I thought that was a really good setup for the film because it's you yeah know, that's before you really know kind of the the way the they high level stuff all yeah. of that stuff and like how the you know what the operation is basically of um of possessing someone uh yeah the way the way that that's revealed to you is pretty cool and I also really liked the um, without getting too specific the way. Andrea Risenberg's character has to exit a mission. Mm-hmm. I thought that concept was disturbing and they get some good mileage out of that. And I think it's a pretty interesting concept like this notion of body, but there's still an aspect of, you know, survival, like the, the hosts like, uh, response to that action you know there's that like kind of moments of suspense of her trying to exit a mission and like this this cool interplay between you know technology and like like body like survival instincts kind of stuff i thought that was neat really good a lot of really good imagery too uh little uh, awesome visuals like yeah that possession and at other points during the time that she spends in Abbott's body. That like trippy face melting sequence, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a really cool sequence. Um it's just, you know, it's it's a a, a movie that definitely emphasizes 
like Tom said, you know, establishing a mood and just kind of making you uncomfortable. Like, I like movies like that. And I feel like I haven't seen one of these, like these just kind of like squirmy, hyper violent films. I, I haven't seen one in a while. So it's definitely effective in that regard. I was, uh, I was impressed, but I don't know. It's not from like a directing standpoint. Like I think he still has plenty of room to grow, you know, like there are some cool sequences and they're clearly working within a budget. Like it's not a low budget film, but you you kind of see the budget in how limited the story is because it really just kind of focuses on one mission. We'll call it right. You know, you have that opening sequence and then the whole rest of the movie is just kind of one mission and like to think what they could have done with like a, you know, fifty million dollar budget or something, um, could have really flushed it out more. But maybe that's not what uh, what he was going for. Maybe complicating it too much kind of would bring it away from just kind of the the sheer disturbing nature of uh, of the story. I, the simplicity works in some ways, and it's kind of underwhelming in others, I guess. Yeah, there were times where it was like too slow for me, Um, which is, you know, part of setting the mood and everything. But I I wish it had had a little bit more momentum at times. Uh, Just kind of makes you sit in it. (laughs) Yeah. For a while. And it's not, uh, you know, cold is a good word to describe it that Travis used earlier. I just, uh, it's kind of like sitting on a cement park bench in the winter. (laughs) <laughs> not where you want to spend your time <laughs> it's deliberately paced for sure yeah yeah it's definitely going for an experience um in a year that has been uh pretty lacking in content it's one of the one of the best films of the year i'll, I'll say that i i quite enjoyed it um but you know it helped that there's not shit coming out, so <laughs> the hype train got uh, rolling down the tracks maybe a little faster than uh, it would have in a normal year, let's say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. this has just been on the radar for months now, so <laughs> without much to look forward to, it's been... Uh, I was glad to finally see it. I was uh, I was impressed. For sure. Same. Cool. All right, well... Any other notes? Anything else? I don't think we really need to do spoilers on this one, right? No, I don't think so. No. Cool. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's drop some star ratings on this bad boy. Um, I am going to go with a four and a half. Four. I'm going four. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. This is a five-star <laughs> movie for sure. But when I kind of put it all together and you know, realize there were some things I found a little lacking, brought it down a bit for me, but in a, in a, in a quote unquote normal year, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I'm just starved for that content, dude. So it has been a really weak year. I mean, I know that's kind of obvious and there's reasons for that, but if you asked me to make a top 10, it would be a struggle. It would be I would not feel good about it. It would be uh, basically honorable mentions of a normal year. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I'm I thinking mean, of ending things notwithstanding, obviously. Yeah, there's there's two or three that I think are, you know, clearly the best movies of the year and would be on any list of any year. Um, but, like, rounding out that top ten, yikes. Totally. Some questionable picks. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're only, like, two months away from that, so... I don't even know if I've seen 10 movies this year. <laughs> I've also fallen out of love with movies this year, so maybe that has something to do with it as well. That's a shame, dude. Yeah, I'm dude. doing better. So, like, my movie goal each year is to see 182 films I've never seen before. This year, I'm doing better than any year I have in the past. I've seen, like, 155, I think, this year that I had never seen before. So wow. I'm crushing it this year. Yeah, you are. Quarantine has done wonders the, for me. Uh, the Safties to make another movie. That's what will uh, revitalize me. Oh, God. Well, Christopher Nolan didn't do it for you. Uh, we'll see on a rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, 
All right. Well, let's move into what we've been watching. Uh, I have one thing urgent that I need to bring up. Uh, it's a rewatch. And after having completed the rewatch, I am amazed that this movie isn't up there, like the upper echelon of films, you know, Godfather, Citizen Kane. I just couldn't believe that. Here we go. It's not among them. <laughs> and the movie, of course, is The Mummy from 1999. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw your star rating. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. That movie is amazing. I love The Mummy. It is so fun. I've seen I'm, that movie probably 20 times. I used to have it on VHS. Yeah, I used to watch it a ton back in the day. So, like, you know, I wanted to watch it because I bought the 4K, like, I don't know, a year ago or something at this point. And uh, kind of what made me want to rewatch it now is I've been uh, playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins. So I'm like real into Egypt right now. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so I was like, gotta watch The Mummy. We gotta see what this is all about. And it's just like, obviously, it's I'm exaggerating. It's not like the best movie ever or anything, but I, it's definitely a feel-good movie for me. Like, I was just grinning ear to ear. It's got really cool action sequences and set design and... Oh, it's just fucking sure. fun. Just reading the word Hamanoptera is bringing me back. Anuxunomun. Emotet. Matt, did you buy the Ultimate Trilogy? No, not interested. Oh, damn. I have The Mummy <laughs> and The Mummy Returns, so I haven't watched That's Mummy all you Returns. Need, right? Yeah. Well, I, I never even saw the third one because uh, Rachel Wise wasn't in it, so not interested. Yeah, what a cutie. She's the best. Um, anyway, killer, just killer film. I had to get that out of the way. It's just the best, the best movie. I have not seen that movie in probably what twenty years or so. It's been a long time. It holds when did up. That even come out ninety nine. Oh, okay, so yeah, probably fifteen years at least. There's there's some uh, CG that obviously, uh, as you can imagine, <laughs> doesn't look great. Uh, but just you look know. at the cover, man. It looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Brendan Fraser, man, what happened to him? He was the best. George of the Jungle, uh, Bewitched was wasn't he in that? He's been in some TV lately, but yeah, his movie career is pretty much suffering gone, su- from success, man. He got done dirty. He he should be he should be who Tom Cruise is now. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he's a poor man's Tom Cruise. He should he should have been our generation's Tom Cruise. Instead, Tom Cruise is our generation's Tom Cruise. The immortal man. Yeah. Anyway, uh Tom, I let, let, I want to hear about the Queen's Gambit. Well, um I'll tell you about it, but before I do, uh since we're on the topic of ancient Egypt. Oh yeah. I have been listening to a podcast. I tell you about this guys about this. It's called uh, The History of Rome. Uh-uh. No, uh, it's from it started in 2010 when people still didn't really know like what a podcast was. <laughs> it's just some nerdy dude who is like a history professor or something. And he started making this podcast and he has no idea what to do with the podcast. Like you listen to these episodes and some of the like the comments he makes to his audience and like, the I don't know, it's just hilarious. But um, is it a one man show? It's a one man show. It's really boring for anyone who's not just curious um Looks there's like, like short episodes though no they're they're all like they range right, um they're pretty the inconsistent anywhere from like 20 to 30 35 minutes well i'm um, used to like three four hour podcasts so that's short to me well oh well okay yeah, <laughs> we're your four hour podcast <laughs> jesus christ but there's like uh oh yeah joe rogan man <laughs> barf uh but there's like 300 or 400 episodes. I'm on like episode 110 or something. Anyway, did you guys know that Cleopatra was not Egyptian? Yeah, she's she's uh, uh, Greek, right? Yeah, you knew that? She's yeah, Greek? I did. I had no idea. She's always portrayed as an Egyptian woman, you know, with dark skin, black hair. Well, she probably did have black hair. She was Greek. Um, but uh, yeah, I had no idea. Anyway, she was a Greek and she was basically a puppet queen of Rome. Yeah, fascinating. Dude. Egypt is crazy. Like, I, I really wanted to become an Egyptologist now. Like, I think I know my new career path. <laughs> I'm just yeah, fascinated by that mummies. stuff. Did you know King Tut, like the most famous pharaoh, 
was only Pharaoh for like six years and he, yeah, he died at like 12 or something. Yeah. He was like 19 <laughs> when he died, but he became Pharaoh when he was like 12 Didn't years old. Didn't he also have like polio or something? Yeah. Like he, I think malaria. They think he's malaria? something like that. Yeah. But the only reason he's so famous is because his his um, tomb didn't get raided. So we like found his intact tomb with, you know, his mummy and all his treasures. Like that's the only reason why King Tut. His goodies. Yeah. He was a chump, dude. But everyone knows his name. King Tut sucked. <laughs> Real Egypt heads, Egypt heads know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're all about Ramses II for sure. Oh, I'm more of a Khufu guy because he built the first, he built the biggest pyramid, and I think it's dope. I mean, he didn't build it, but it's his. Single-handedly. <laughs> yeah, just brick by brick. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, Queen's Gambit. Um, it's a fine show. It's nothing amazing. Uh, Sarah and I watched the whole thing. I don't know. I think what kept us coming back was really just Anya Taylor Joy. She's good in it. Um, she's a compelling character. You want to root for her. Um, they made chess as about as exciting as you could possibly make chess. Um, which is more to exciting say, than uh, pretty exciting for Bobby Fischer. Uh, well, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I'm kidding. So I don't know. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's a good show. I, I don't think it's like super remarkable in any way. Um, they do some th- some funny things with uh, like where her chess abilities come from and and uh, let's just say substance abuse um, that are interesting i could take them or leave them but uh yeah you guys have to check it out and let me know what you think dude i could watch i could watch anya taylor joy like just sitting in a room like shuffle a deck of cards for an hour yeah just literally i would watch her watching paint dry like i just find (laughs) i just find her that captivating i don't know if it's her fucking like alien eyes or like Mm -hmm. she's very beautiful but in like a unique Wait, I don't know. I think she's she's got an interesting background. She's like Argentinian and or maybe she's Chilean. I don't know. She has an interesting Argentinian background. Argentinian and British. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Um she's I will say about this show uh it asks a lot of its audience. The very first episode, you get about 3 minutes of Anya Taylor-Joy and then it's flashback the whole rest of the time with some 10-year-old uh version of her. And I was like, I'm pretty sure people are coming to this show for Anya. So um, <laughs> I don't know why we're watching <laughs> an hour of some little girl. Like, do a little bit of flashback and flash forward, you know, or something if you need to get this background uh, detail in here. But I thought that was an interesting choice from the hmm. showrunners. How uh, how much of a commitment is this thing? Are these are these hour long episodes? Are they thirty minutes? How They're many hour. episodes? I think there's seven or eight. Okay, so pretty standard nowadays. Pretty standard, yeah. Um, I think by episode three, I was enjoying it more. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, I'm I'm gonna give her a poke. I want. She's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, it seems like her acting career's been pretty like short it looks like she started in 2014 but she has like i don't know multiple things coming out every year now it's tv shows miniseries movies yeah she's a hot commodity she's a workaholic and she's teaming up with uh bob egghead again oh she's gonna be in isn't he doing um like a viking movie or was that the was that the rumor before Lighthouse. Um, I don't remember. It's called The Northman. It's a historical revenge film. Yeah, I think it's about a Viking. Uh, about a Nordic prince. Is that a Viking? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it depends what era of Norway. <laughs> I think I think so. I don't Is know. Is Viking just a cooler way to say Nordic prince? <laughs> well, there could be a Nordic prince like now. You know what I mean? Like it's just a prince in Norway, but I don't know. I think it's Viking related. Oh, That'd be cool. Willem, dude, that cast. Matt, you're going to cream your jeans. Willem Dafoe, Nicole Kidman, mm. Ethan Hawke. Whoa. Mm. 
God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Have Ethan Hawke and Nicole Kidman ever been in a movie together? I don't know, but they're about to be. Who the fuck is... Who's in Gattaca? I don't remember. Who's the... It's some big actress, right? Mm, good question. I've still never seen that. You've never seen Gattaca? Gattaca rules, dude. I've never seen it. Oh, Tom, Uma you're Thurman. the sci-fi guy. Oh, yeah, Uma Thurman. You guys got to watch Gattaca. Gattaca rules. Gattaca. Ending of that movie is dope, too. Okay. Hopefully yeah. it still holds up. That one's a banger. Oh, yeah. It does. Having not seen oh, it yeah. having not seen it in like 10 years, oh, yeah. <laughs> it totally does. <laughs> For sure. I've definitely seen some of these images, like Ethan Hawke in that tunnel. I've definitely seen that before. Oh, it's iconic. So. Iconic film. So is this Andrew Nichols' like, only good movie then? I don't even know who that is. Did he <laughs> he directed it, I guess. Yeah. You don't know Andrew yes. Nichol? Oh, no way, dude. He did In Time with... Uh, fucking that movie is bar. Is that dude. with Jay Timms? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I had a Northman cool premise, but it was awful. This Northman movie has both the Skarsgård brothers and it's got Bjork. Oh, wow. you left it's off Bjork, Travis? Sorry, I was just hitting on the... The heavy hitters. God damn, dude. Bjork is a heavy hitter. Well, Haven't you seen Dancer in the Dark? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, dude. Cool. All right. What were we talking about? Oh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. I'm 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 interested. Did I'll you probably. guys watch uh Emily? Is that what, or Emma? Oh that no. That came out yeah. at like the beginning of the year, right? Oh, you I, saw it, Tom? Yeah, I think I I think I talked about it on the show. I saw it in like January, February. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. You thought it was, it was okay, fun. right? It was fun. It, it's good. It, it does this which thing one that would you drove recommend me first? crazy, which is um, uh, narrator is narrating the whole movie, like constantly. Like, I uh, think with direct quotes from the novel, but I'm, I'm not certain. Is is the like the narrator, is the narrator a character in the movie, or is it just like a omniscient like I think narrator just omniscient. dude? Yeah. I, I'm not, I can't quite remember. Hmm. I'll probably, I'll probably when I, when cram jam time comes, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably watch Emma. What, what were you asking, Travis? <sighs> oh, for some than... reason, I thought Emma was a TV show. Oh no, but it's not. So never mind. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, Travis, do you do you have much to talk about? I got a couple things I can talk about. Uh, I've watched like three other things. Okay, you want to fire one off now? Sure. I watched uh, Dick Johnson is Dead. Oh, yeah. Did you talk about that last time? Yeah, pretty sure I did. Yeah, I think you did, too. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I thought I was going to like it a bit more. It was going to be better than I expected, um, just because there was a lot of rave reviews, and the just the premise of it sounded really interesting. Um, and even though it's like a... It's a very personal thing. It seems like um, anyone can kind of get something out of it. Um, but yeah, it was just, I mean, you probably already gave the premise when you talked about it, but it's essentially about um, the filmmaker, Kristen Johnson. Her dad is aging, and so she basically like celebrates his life while he's still alive by basically killing him over and over <laughs> for a, a film. <laughs> Um, and it's just about just like, you know, family and death and all that. Um, but yeah, it was good. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I liked it a little bit more than you. Uh, cause you gave you rated it a four, right? Yeah. Yeah. I rated it a 4.5, but I think it sounds like you felt the same way that you just, were you were expecting it to hit a little harder than it did just given the, the content, you know, and Never really quite got there. Right. Because, I mean, part of it seems like this, you know, like, real serious, like, kind of like love letter to her dad. But then another part of it just seems like a complete joke, which isn't a bad thing. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of fun in that way, I guess. But, yeah, I guess I was just expecting a little more or to maybe shed a tear or two, but did not. Nothing. Damn. I at least but yeah, it got... was it was fun and it was a it was a interesting idea. I like um, 
her dad was a, I mean, I know it's a documentary, but he was a good character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Glad you caught up with that one. Um, so I, uh, I, I mentioned this when we were reviewing Possessor, but I, uh, Haley and I were looking for something to watch and uh, I put on Piercing. Uh, I don't know why we settled on that. I didn't know a ton about it, but uh, I ended up liking it quite a bit. Um, it's definitely has a strong. It's move. The movie is all about vibes, like from the music to the the performances to the just the the uh, plot of the movie itself. Like it's about this guy Christopher Abbott who is basically a murderer like he has an urge to kill but hasn't done it yet so he like the movie is about him like plotting his first murder like a trial run type thing so he gets like a prostitute so the movie is about like his interactions with this prostitute and this is like if i can go some places american psycho well yeah but he was a he was a seasoned veteran killer he wasn't wasn't he Mm-mm. Well, well, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah, I, I, I guess uh, they're kind of similar, but um, it's got pretty cool score. Is I love. Um, there's this like shots of the city, but it's like a fake city. It almost looks like Wes Anderson type shit. It's like city tower, like skyscrapers that are made out of like yeah, I don't like know. models yeah oh like my models. god it's pretty neat oh uh, matt i have to interrupt yeah you're reminding me when you guys okay when you guys watch uh queen's gambit the backgrounds in this movie are absolute trash they put up <laughs> they do these balcony scenes in like mexico city and paris and, and shit that look awful I don't know what they were thinking. It's like it's like they finished shooting in quarantine or something and they were like what the fuck are we going to do? And they just hired somebody to like paint a background. I, it it looks like garbage. So <laughs> I, so it's not a green so, screen. It's like literally like painted. I don't it, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it compared to how you would normally do it because it looks really bad. Uh like blatantly fake. So you guys will have to take a look and um, and see what you think. Every, pretty much all the scenes, like when they're in cars and just like anytime they're outside one of the major settings of the movie, looks bizarre. So uh, you, you, I'm really curious to see what you guys think because it was uh, noteworthy in a way that those things <laughs> normally are not. Right. All right. I'll have to keep an eye out for that when I watch it. Um but yeah, so I like that aspect of it. It's just, it's got a lot of style. And uh, I like the interplay between uh, Christopher Abbott and uh, Mia Wasikowski. She plays the, like, prostitute. It's a pretty fucked up movie. Like, there's some pretty graphic scenes. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. I didn't love the ending of it. But overall, very pleasantly surprised. I went into it with basically no expectations um and liked it a lot but what i thought was interesting uh was christopher abbott's in it right and there are scenes in piercing where his character is like rehearsing conversations so it was just weird to see two movies back to back where christopher abbott is like talking to himself and playing out scenarios before they happen I thought it was just a weird, a weird coincidence that that, like not just Christopher Abbott, but that aspect of it was like that's fucking weird that that's in this movie too, you know. And so, you saw, oh sorry, Tom, go ahead. Well, I'm looking at these images, and it's crazy because if you Google American American Psycho prostitute, you'll you'll get a picture of the first prostitute from the movie, mm-hmm. exact same haircut. <laughs> oh, as Mia Wasikowski, like yeah, the, with the bangs I, and everything. Yeah, like uh, the parallels, they just keep coming. What's <laughs> happening here? I mean, Maybe it's I, an intentional nod to it. I don't know. I hadn't made that connection, but I mean, when you say that, it's um, yeah. I think th- the main difference would be 
the characters like Patrick Bateman is very different than uh, Christopher Abbott's character in this movie. So maybe that's why that comparison didn't really come to mind, but uh, worth a watch. I think it's on Netflix. Um, Travis, you've actually <clears throat> seen it, right? I texted you and I saw you yeah. gave it like a three. Not a big fan of it. Um, It was all right. I like the style of it and just like the mood. And I think it's pretty well done considering it's, like a pretty contained story. Mm-hmm. Like m- most of the movies in just like a hotel room. Um, but it was just kind of weird and felt like it lacked substance. Um, but I liked the, um, like the way it looked and the score and all that, even if it was borrowed from another movie. Um, yeah. I'd like to watch it again though. It's pretty short, so not a huge investment. It was, it was neat. I, uh, um, I didn't, so uh, the music thing, uh, Tom, it, it, it uses uh, most of the score is just borrowing music from uh, Italian uh, giallo flicks like Argento and uh, mm-hmm. um, who's the other the other big one? Um, Bava? Fava, uh, Mario Bava, right? Yeah. Mario Bava. Um, yeah, but like the main theme in Piercing is the main thing from Tenebrae, which is like I just I talked about last episode and it's the only Argento I've seen. So just this weird combination of Christopher Abbott hyper violence rehearsing tenebrae like just a it was a weird fucking <laughs> convergence of all this stuff I've been watching mm. lately. Um but yeah, it's good shit. Matt, did you no make the connection in Hollywood anymore? <laughs> what did you say, Travis? Oh, I was saying, did you make the connection that uh, this guy directed The Eyes of My Mother? No, uh Your favorite movie of all time? No, yeah. uh Nicholas Pesci? Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's your boy. I have a new... Gotta, gotta I claim got a this new, guy. I got a new favorite. <laughs> God damn. Hell yeah. He did also do The Grudge, though. Uh, yeah. Which I've heard is trash. But, you know, he, he was probably like, you know, I'm tired of doing these fucking low budget masterpieces nobody sees. I got to cash a paycheck. Yeah, he needed to get paid. <laughs> yeah, so now now he's probably set for a little bit, even though that movie bombed, but, you know, he got paid ahead of time. So right. now, now, the next one out of this guy. Any relation to Joe Pesci, you think? Or? Oh, it's spelled differently. They spelled differently, oh. yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I didn't realize that. He's also done music videos for Snoop Dogg and the Black Yo. Keys. Interesting. The Black Keys. This guy's going to be huge. Um, I have two more that I'll talk about. You said you got two more too, Travis? Yep. Yeah, you, can, you can go ahead. You can next. I watched uh, the movie from this year, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. That's been getting a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. It's on HBO currently, Ooh. if uh, anyone else wants to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was okay. It was it was a good movie, but I don't know. I feel like the subject matter, and not trying to sound too insensitive, but I just feel like it's been done before and like multiple times recently, so didn't really feel like anything new. And I don't know. Maybe if I was a woman and in her situation, I could empathize a bit more than I did. Um, but it was just kind of one of those like slow indie i wouldn't say nothing movies because there was stuff going on but (laughs) um i do like i really liked her other movie beach rats Uh, i've seen three of her movies they all kind of feel and look the same they're very like intimate like just depictions of someone struggling with their like current situation or their identity or you know something along those lines and usually there's some sort of like love story involved as well um but yeah i don't know this one just it didn't really do much for me it it was a good movie it's just i have like no interest in returning to it or anything like that Hmm. okay yeah it's been on my radar not trying to be a hater either it's just you know not really like my cup of tea yeah that's fair would this be a good uh me and sarah movie would she like it uh yeah she might like it i mean the, it's there's not much enjoyment out of it like it's a, just kind of a tough movie to watch in a sense because you're watching 
this girl just go through a difficult situation and she doesn't have a lot of support and yeah but it's 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 uh i don't know it's 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 well done and it's it's realistic but it's just i don't know it wasn't super engaging for me sure and then um i'll just get the other one out of the way real quick i watched streetwise which is a like a documentary from the 80s it's about um like homeless teenagers in seattle main reason why i watched it was because it was you know shot in seattle so thought that was kind of cool and um you don't really see seattle on film documentary or not hmm. and especially in the 1980s so it's uh it's kind of like a time capsule in that sense it's pretty cool seeing the city and like the fashion of the 80s and all that um but it's not really an enjoyable watch because you're watching these young people go through just you know live a difficult life and they just kind of do what they can do to get by and uh they don't have a lot of aspirations they just kind of you know live day to day and don't have a lot of hope but um i thought it was well done uh definitely worth a watch especially if uh you want to see seattle from that era yeah dude i gotta watch this asap where uh it's on uh criterion channel yep Nice. I'll have to I'll have to pop on that one. You know I love docs. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, did you have anything else, Tom? Do you watch anything lately? Um, no, I don't think so. I'll check out my diary, but I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't seen anything aside from Dear Diary Gambit and um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Possessor. Shit, man. All right. Well, I got I got two that I will mention. Uh, I watched His House. Either either you guys heard of this one? Heard of it. Uh, twenty twenty film. It's uh, it's on Netflix. Um, it is a horror movie. So it is about uh this couple who flees uh c- civil war basically in I think Somalia. Um. Somewhere, somewhere in in Africa, they're they're refugees, so they flee to England, um, and they, uh, you know, apply for refugee status, and they end up getting housing, uh, but the house is haunted, so it's you know it's it's a haunted house type of movie, but uh, like a lot of haunted house movies, it's it's kind of a metaphor for trauma so it explores um you know dealing with some of the events that happened when they were still in africa and actions that they took you know it's about regret and and coping um but as a horror movie it was really good like i was legitimately scared multiple times it's um a little over reliant on jump scares um so that's that's the only thing that prevents it from being like a five-star movie for me but really well done really awesome kind of unique spin on you know a a haunting type film um and really creepy i i would very much recommend it it's 2020 film it's on netflix you got no excuses 90 minutes yep yep (laughs) very good yeah i've heard good things about this one yeah i highly recommend it um and then I will finish with uh, something I just kind of watched on a whim uh, that is now potentially one of my all-time favorites. Um, oh. I watched Make Way for Tomorrow from 1937. Uh, it's on the Criterion channel. And I've heard of it before, but I didn't know a ton about it. I know it's like a, a classic tearjerker. Um, I have never heard of this, and I've heard of everything. So. <laughs> That's the second time you said almost those exact words in the past like month or two. I don't remember what the other movie was. Just, I guess I'm just losing touch. Yeah, dude. Well, you've fallen out of love with movies. You're a clown yeah. now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm a gamer. <laughs> I'm a gamer, dog. Um, so, yeah, classic tearjerker. And um, 
Haley was just doing her own thing. So I was like, you know, she's not interested in watching movies this old. So I was like, yeah, you know, I got 90 minutes. Let's pop this bad boy on. Fuck. It was incredible. It's so smart and witty. It's like kind of subversive because it's uh, it's set after the um, fuck. I don't know what they call it, but like the, the new Hollywood, like the insane restrictions they put in place on what you can show in a movie so there's like some like witty dialogue that's like kind of innuendo and just very smart but basically the movie is about uh this family and uh the parents uh are old and they get their house taken away from them by the bank so the kids have to like decide you know who's going to take in the the parents uh, and the movie is basically about, you know, nobody really wants to step up and they're just kind of, the parents are just kind of an afterthought and they're mistreated and it's really sad because the, the couple, they get split up because the, none of the kids have room for them both. So it's about like mm-hmm. the two of them being separated and just kind of being treated as a burden. That's the movie is they them being treated as if and them feeling as if they're a burden on their family really fucking sad um i absolutely loved it i i cried a bunch towards the end it's really funny uh performances are are good they're you know it's 1930s film so it's you know the way people talk and act but the parents in particular are very very good i i absolutely loved it could not have been more surprised i would recommend it to anybody uh, this i cannot imagine like i yeah. can't even think of the last movie i've seen that starred an elderly couple mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy it it was really good that and it happened one night are the two like movies from that era that i would recommend to anybody because you know how people are with old movies right like if it's black and white a lot of people just straight up won't watch it but Mm -hmm. those are the two that i would recommend to anybody who's kind of looking to see some classic films i'm surprised it's not treated as as more of a classic i mean travis i know you said you hadn't heard of it i had only heard of it in passing and like probably on fucking twitter or something you know like um cannot recommend it like it's uh pretty renowned but um just literally never, seen, maybe literally never heard of it i've heard of it happen one night i've been meaning to watch that um just haven't mm-hmm. but yeah um, yeah if you're giving this that glowing of a review maybe i'll check it out it's on criterion i don't know how long it's on there for but um uh, loved it fucking loved it all right <clears throat> that's all i got uh anything else before we wrap this one up no, I think it's perfect timing. I think Vinny's about to wake up from his first snap of the day. Mm, cool. Well, uh, I don't know what we're going to record uh, for next episode. I don't know. There's, I think there's some stuff coming out shortly. Something comes out on or near Thanksgiving that I think is kind of a big deal, but I'm blanking on what it is. Anybody know what I might be thinking of? Mm-mm. No, I know we get two bangers in December though. Soul on Disney Plus and Mank, Mank. on Netflix. Yeah, so we'll have episodes then. We'll have some content. We'll figure something out. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll uh, fuck around and uh, do a retro Watch review of the Gattaca. Mummy Returns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what I was thinking we should rewatch are um, like all the movies that people thought were amazing in the early 2000s that weren't uh, specifically uh, across enemy lines and and um, enemy at the gates. <laughs> Wait, Did people think those were amazing? Lines? I feel like everyone was obsessed with those movies and they were always on TV and people would be like, what's your favorite war movie? Oh, across enemy lines, enemy at the gates, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I feel like I heard that all the time. Behind Enemy Lines was pretty good from what I remember. Is that the sniper With Owen movie? Wilson, right? No, that's Enemy at the Gates is the sniper movie. Across Enemy Lines or Behind Enemy Lines is the Owen Wilson movie where he, 
he uh dude i kind of liked that movie i'm sure <laughs> so, you I mean, did I was, okay, so, okay i was so younger i don't but know i, think that movie I don't was know rad. for sure that they were garbage but we should rewatch them to determine if they really are good or not wait so which, which is the one with rachel vice the sniper movie enemy at is the she gates. in that no i think you're getting me at the gates no i think you're mixing them up no behind Isn't... enemy lines is with owen wilson for 100% sure with owen wilson Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Enemy at the Gates is the sniper movie. Jude Law, Rachel Weiss sniper yeah. movie. Yeah. Yes. Here it is. Okay. Interesting. I liked both of those movies. I mean, they weren't like my favorites or anything, but they were, you know, solid war pictures. And uh, it was it was kind of odd seeing Owen Wilson be in that kind of role. I'm sure it would be even more odd if you watched it now. But um, I don't know. I thought it was cool. There's a, oh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but the scene where he's hiding, oh my God, the master <laughs> suspense. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, yeah, inter- interesting idea. We'll see. I mean, maybe there's something huge coming out we're just blanking on, but either way, we'll have something. We'll, uh, two weeks from now is Thanksgiving weekend, so who knows, but we'll figure something out. We are, we're all busy. Stuck at home doing nothing. Although you guys are you guys are homemakers now, so you got more going on than me. I just fucking eat Doritos and jerk off all day. What a life. <laughs> yeah, I'm living the dream over here, dude. <laughs> all right. Well, let's call it. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be recording uh, the next episode of The Digest shortly, so keep an eye on the feed gonna be huge uh thank you everybody for listening we will be back peace out later later